0: Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose.
1: This is episode forty-five of Fatalists, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne. What up, dog? Hey, all right. Didn't have to wait three weeks this time or we four did not. weeks or yeah, whatever yeah, I know. it was. It's, so.
2: uh, well, you know, I, I, after uh, the uh, the last podcast talking about women we liked, I just uh you know I thought it went really well. I was inspired, and I said, let's let's. Let's get this next one working. And so, I mean, it's my fault actually. Every time that when it's a delay, it's 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 completely my fault every single time. Yeah. Well, so, uh, but, uh, well, we'll see. The culpa, uh, mea culpa, Maxima, culpa. Uh, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> hopefully, nature
1: will remain at bay. You know. Okay. Fine. We we get it a week later, and now it's like kind of subsided for a while. But it was storming like crazy there about an hour ago. Yeah, it's all good now. But uh, yeah, there, there was a. Uh, it was raging
2: before so
1: anyway well listen i'm still into uh breaking bad but i got to tell you it, it's uh, um season 2 has 13 episodes and i'm on i just finished episode 10 tonight but episode 9 i found myself fast forwarding it and
2: then i found yeah, myself there was dis- like really kind of like i know there's some very graphic parts to it Is no
1: that- no 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 it was just dragon ah you know, and uh you haven't watched it, right? I have not. Okay, and and this is not gonna spoil anything if you ever do watch it, but the people that do watch it, you know, the scene in, in season two where where, where Jesse and Walt are, you know, they're they're stranded out in the desert where they go to cook and, you know, their the battery in their camper is dead. And it just it just dragged on for too damn long. So I just kept fast forwarding. It's like get to the end.
2: This is your you attention know, span is terrible, man. Uh, well, I, you <laughs> but know, you're, you're now at the point you can't even make it through a 42 minute show. 46. Oh, uh, <laughs> 46. Yeah, for Breaking Bad. Oh, well, that explains uh, it. That's, yeah, that's, that's outside I, your outside for, your uh, your your boundaries there.
1: But then I found myself doing it in episode 10 as well. So you know, I'm not sure if it's just. You know, what I want to do is I want to go find a, you know, a breaking bad podcast or, or website or something and see if maybe uh, others are thinking like I, but you know, I'm yeah. going to keep going. I'm, I think what I'm going to do is finish off uh, the last three episodes of season two and then maybe take a break.
2: That's a good. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm in a, uh, you know, funny enough, we're talking about inception tonight and I'm kind of in TV show limbo here. Almost. Uh, I actually did not get quite caught up with falling skies i didn't like i was I, pl- I went ahead and and you know uh bought uh episodes one through five on amazon prime but uh didn't get to episode six on demand quickly enough that now oh they took it off already they took it off already yeah oh. I just got seven eight nine, and ten which the good part is i that's now that they're at the end there's you know there, there there's not Anymore, it's going to get taken off. But uh, the bad news is, by uh, by delaying a couple of days, I, I, it's going to cost me two bucks. Actually, it's only going to cost me one dollar because I guess I'm such a great customer. Amazon Prime has sent me a uh, check, threw, threw me a little boon, sent me a gift card for one dollar. All right, that I can apply to my Amazon video purchase. So there not you go. Bad. I'm a rich man. Watching anything else? Uh, hey, football season start for us tonight. Yeah, that crept snuck right up on me. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, uh, you know, I was—I uh, took my oldest son to go pick up some pictures at Target, flipping the station, throw on '98 Rock, and it's the Ravens game. I'm like, ah, yeah, like. Well, it's I, like I told you, uh, but while we were, you know, getting ready to, to record tonight,
1: that uh, you know, some of our listeners may know Emily, who goes by Foamy once, uh, you know, online, and one of her uh, tweets was had something to do with Monday Night Football. I'm like, oh, crap, the Ravens are on tonight. Yeah. So
2: anyway, uh, hey, what about that Continuum finale? Wow. I'm still, like, trying to process it. I mean, like, right when it was done, like, i I, I never do this. But, like, the second it was done, I emailed you. and was like, I am totally freaking out over yeah. here. Um, well, I think yeah. one of the things that made it so
1: great is that they gave you so many answers – but
2: but at the same like, time, like
1: lost, it just generated a whole batch of yep. new questions. Yep.
2: Absolutely, yeah, like exactly. They answered a ton of stuff that I wasn't. I didn't, actually a lot of this stuff, like you know who the um, the 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 freelancers were, stuff like that. I didn't think they were going to answer that at all this season. Um, they gave you a lot of answers, but yeah, like you said, at the end, uh, I think I had even more questions than I had before.
1: Yeah, I mean, because there were so many th- questions we had about. Who's good, who's bad, like with the freelancers, and now it appears that they're good.
2: Maybe. I Maybe. Guess. Good it point. Seems like it, but they're they're still kind of mean. I well, they know. are, but they're protecting the timeline. Uh, yeah, but is that a good or bad thing though? Yeah. Or rather, they're protecting the timelines. But is it just the one timeline though? Well, they're because protecting when Alec this goes back, line. they're like, Well, this timeline's set. We're not worried. It's it's almost like they're unconcerned about Alec going back which i should have said well
1: right right but well no yeah i think people know us enough by now that we're gonna you know if you haven't watched the show
2: we won't spoil lost girl but any other show is fair game or i spoiled uh, falling skies too for for you yeah there was a little one though and actually i mean that one got answered in like i mean you'd know it probably in because the baby was born in episode one and then like you know, standing up and talking by the end of the episode, so you kind of you figure figured, there's uh, you know, that there, there's something unusual about this baby. So it, yeah, it wasn't a big spoil. Don't don't beat yourself up about that, Dave. Uh, okay, well I didn't, but yeah, <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs>
1: but the thing about the continuum, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, one of the questions has to do with, and, and it's certainly apropos that we're doing uh, Inception tonight has to do with Kira's reality: what's real, what isn't. Uh, um, has her reality been tampered with? Sure. So there's yeah. a lot lot there.
2: And there's definitely, that, that. that is definitely going to come into play for sure. And I like your theory better than mine. You know, I had previously said to you that I think that everything in 2013 she's experiencing is an illusion, like some kind of dream, and that she's actually a prisoner in 2077, uh, locked up in a cage, and they have her hooked up and they are feeding her these dreams for some reason. Uh, this and 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 then you know I, I really didn't actually have a lot of confidence in that, but but it's just this idea that uh, of you, uh, you this theme over and over again of um, what is real and what is not, and they're toying with that. And when you know when, with Kira, they have the ability to remove, um, as you said, they have the ability to remove memories from her head, as we saw with the sphere. Um, why not implant them? Inception, yeah. right? Like what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, I I definitely think, and that the whole—I mean—it's just so surreal. The end of that, you know, that that scene with her and all the people in Liberate, and it's like it's crazy, you know. And it's yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's just—and uh, Carlos is with Julian. Yeah. See, I told you, Julian's a good guy. No, yeah, Carlos we don't is like Carlos right either. I think Carlos is brilliant, man. I think he, like, especially those last two episodes, he really came on strong, man, like, as a character. I think he's, like, if you talk about, like, the moral center of that story, of that show, is Carlos. It's gotta be. No, I I agree with you on that. So, you know, his going over to Julian I think reinforces my theory that Julian is, is actually some kind of freedom fighter, a hero, rather than the the, the mass murder, as you have referred to him on a number of occasions. Okay. All right. Well, but that's, you know what? I was almost thinking that, like, that we could almost, if, uh, if it's not stepping on, on yours and Michael's toes, we probably get a whole podcast out of this exact argument. Yeah, we probably could. It's just like listening to you. I'm like, Oh, Dave, you, I disagree with you so much, man. It's just, I wanted to, like, if it were a radio show, I call it immediately and say, yeah, Hey, first time, you know, first time caller, long time listener, Dave, I got to talk to you about this. You know, like, yeah. All right. Well, what about the new doctor? Yeah, yeah.
1: Peter Capaldi. I mean, you know, I guess he's a big deal in England.
2: You know, the name doesn't mean anything to me. He looks vaguely familiar. Well, I mean, you know him. I know you know him. I, I emailed you this. He was the Frobisher in uh, Torchwood Children of Earth. Right, sure. But uh... And then he was the, um, the, the, the father of the Roman family in um, Fires of Pompeii, episode Doctor Who. Uh, oh, right. You did say that. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, and I've seen, and I've seen him. I know I've seen him in like tons of other stuff. You know, like even when I saw him in those, I'm like oh, I kind of recognize that guy. Um, but you know, like you know, people were calling for a female doctor. They were calling for a non-white doctor, and instead they got a white guy and older than any doctor besides William Hartnell. Yeah. Yep. So it's like the BBC's like, old. "F you, man!" <laughs> like, here's take this.
1: We we'll give you an old guy, I ran across an article i didn't have time to read it real carefully, but basically the the headline on the article and the gist of the article is why Doctor who didn't pick a woman. you know I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but yeah well uh, I mean, we
2: talked about it on this show and i mean let's i mean there's like the world we wish there was and the world that there is, and in the world that there is, the television business is a very Tenuous business, I guess. Uh, a show can crash and burn to, in the blink of an eye, and uh, you know, if you have a show like Doctor Who that really thrives on this, there is a certain formula to it. Um, you don't want to mess with the, the you know, the, the winning formula. You know, right.
1: And the other thing is with Doctor Who and the and the companion. You know, I, I don't really want to use sexual tension because with Matt Smith's Doctor, it, it seems like this. Uh, You know, with with the most recent companion, that there was a little more, I guess, sexual tension there than I mean. Certainly not with Amy
2: and uh, well, Amy did jump his bones in the like the second episode that they were in. Well, yeah, but with with a fifty five year old
1: doctor with the with Jenna Louise Coleman, you know that I mean certainly it's not as if we don't see older man, younger woman in reality, right. But I think it—it it, it, perhaps it's it's to put that completely out of the sure. picture, right? And that's not—it's not, but going it's to be not part even of the like something
2: you even think about in the back of your mind and everything,
1: right? Now the other thing is that I've read several accounts you probably read as well that it's it's suspected that he's probably got a one-year contract, mm-hmm. you know, so that we might have another Christopher Eccleston situation
2: where he's on for one season and then he's out, right? See, I hate that because like. You, It takes you a couple episodes just to get used to a new doctor. Now, for Christopher Eccleston, see, I not me, not really, wa- not at all watching any of the classic who's, you know, Christopher, Christopher Eccleston was my first doctor. Yeah, right? sure. Me too. So there wasn't any getting used to period. I mean, like, I, I started watching Christopher Eccleston as a doctor. I thought he was awesome right away. There wasn't any of this kind of resentment or any of this period of missing. The previous guy, I just right from ground while I was with him. Yeah. Then it changes to David Tennant. And it's probably like three or four episodes before I wasn't just totally annoyed with David Tennant all the time. And then I started to appreciate David Tennant, think he's awesome. And then what happens? He goes, Matt Smith comes in. And I'm annoyed with Matt Smith for a while because he's not David Tennant. Or I spend the whole time comparing him to David Tennant. Yeah, it took me the you know? longest to get used to Matt Smith. Yeah. I so, agree. I definitely agree uh, with that.
1: Yeah, so we've got, I believe it's November. I want to say twenty third. Twenty third.
2: Yeah, November twenty third is the fiftieth uh, anniversary episode. Right, and uh, yeah, so looking forward to it. And then actually, I, I heard that the the Christmas episode will be Matt Smith's last, so he will be in the De- December the Christmas Day episode. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, anything else? Uh, I'm trying to think, well, you know, I'm still working on Falling Skies, I don't even know, I'm just trying to get caught Well, you know, up. we're
1: kind of in a, as you said, TV limbo right now, and uh, one of the things I'm going to do in a minute when we go through the news is just to run through, you know, some of the return dates for shows we love, and there are a lot of them are fall is going to be full.
2: Yeah, that's a, I should appreciate this little moment here, but uh you know like under, actually I mean I know you you stop watching under the dome, but it's actually I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Um I am in, in my uh what we call it, the nadir phase of my up and down relationship with copper. <laughs> uh the last episode was pretty crap. Uh they're back to uh you know things happening and people doing stuff, or you know, like the one guy his he suspects his wife is a Confederate sympathizer, and she runs off to Virginia, and, but she does it to, she's actually going back to uh, free a slave, but he doesn't know that, and then she just returns the next episode, and he just takes her back, and it's like, it's all good. It's like, you know, I was expecting this whole plot line of, of him being, like, super suspicious of her, like, almost something like this, you know, Othello-type tragic You know, where she's doing something pure and good, but he thinks she's doing something evil and he does something terrible because of it. And it doesn't go anywhere. She comes back from Virginia and she just goes back with her husband and bam, it's all done. Ah, well, that's... So, I don't know. I should just let it go. I should just let Copper go once and for all and not turn back, but... Well, it's probably a short season, right? What are they? Yeah, it's got like eight episodes, I think. Okay, that's not. But what oh, the, what I should mention though is that being human, UK is freaking awesome. It's still like even they've had a complete cast changeover. I love this cast. They they've, they were the cast for uh, for most of. Well, the, the two guys were in all of season four um, with Andy, and then then they got a new ghost at the end of season four, and they're just awesome. You know, like how many times does a, a a show completely flip their cast over and it's still incredible?
1: Uh, well, there's, you know, looking at some of the new shows, it looks like uh, ghosts may be, you know, I don't want to say making a comeback because I'm not sure they were ever, you know, really that popular. But yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, can you think, I'm trying to think of any any ghosts in popular TV shows. Well, like, not even in the monsters of the Adams family. You know, they had like vampires and Frankensteins and stuff, but not, uh, I don't think they had ghosts. No, not that I can. I can't recall. think of any ghosts besides, uh, you know, being human. Mm-hmm. There you go. Fan feedback. Uh, tell us, uh, popular television shows that had ghosts as central characters. Well, you know, we did get, you mentioned, uh, Under the Dome, and, and
1: just, you know, as we get ready to go into the news, um, and, and I certainly hope I'm pronouncing this correctly because, um, uh, you know, we've gotten some feedback from before, uh, Dehanna Bergman and said that, don't know if you guys watch it, Under the Dome, that is, but it's awesome. Kind of sci-fi fantasy mix. It's got really strong actors and actresses. Really interesting A and B and C plots. I highly recommend it to you both. You know, I, I think I've probably said on the air that I, I kind of liked the first episode. And then I guess what happened was I looked up and they were on week four. Ugh. And I guess that said something to me in that, geez, I must not have thought it was that great. Now you like you said, you really like it, and yeah. I'll probably go back and give it a shot again.
2: Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's good. It's it's compelling. Um yeah, she's definitely right about the uh the the acting is is really pretty pretty good. Um the the guy playing Big Jim. Mm, maybe not so much but uh i really like the two the leads and uh, well, actually the 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 kid there's a, a teenager there i don't know if i, I said this before but uh, the actor playing the i can't remember the, the kid's name or the actor's name but the actor who plays the the lead teenager role uh played young uh sam on uh supernatural right yeah he played he, yeah he's, he's young sam Sam Winchester – I'm trying to think whether he played Sam – he played young Sam Winchester. Um, but now he's you know, obviously too old because, you know, he's, like, 18 or 19. And so, you know, like, obviously, as an 18 and 19 Sam Winchester can just be played by, you know, uh, Jensen Ackles. Not Jensen Ackles. Not the other dude. Right. All right. Jerry anyway. Padalecki. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good place to uh... – to end that segment, right? Because you're going to cut me off before I start talking about supernatural anymore, right? That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so let's. Hear, so you're going to talk about when the the start updates for new shows.
0: Hey TV fans, TV Talk connects you with your favorite TV shows like never before. The exciting brand new TV Talk app is here. The TV Talk app brings you fun and informative reviews and info related to your favorite TV shows. Delivered to your smartphone, tablet, or PC every morning. With the free TV Talk app, you can hear what other fans think and even submit your own review clip. The TV Talk app lets you share your feedback clip to Facebook or Twitter so your friends can join in the conversation too. Visit www.tv. TVTalk.com and download the free TV Talk app today.
1: In the news, okay. the Time Warner Cable's CBS blackout. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know they, in a lot of markets, uh, and I'll get to those in a second. Basically, CBS has just been pulled from people's cable systems. What? And it's forced TV fans to find other ways to watch their favorite shows. Wait, and ser- I mean, wait hold on, back up. I, I did not even heard about this. What? Uh, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. I mean, why? How is that? Because they want more money and uh, I guess the cable companies won't pay it. Wow. So anyway, so what's happened, it's forced people to download these shows illegally. The percentage of unauthorized downloads from areas affected by the blackout rose dramatically this week, according to data gathered by Torrent Freak. That particularly was true of the CBS summer hit Under the Dome, a new episode of which uh, appeared on Monday and couldn't be seen by Time Warner Cable subscribers. Now, Under the Dome's already one of the most pirated TV shows anyway, but piracy rates for the show increased 34% over the weekend after Time Warner Cable's CBS blackout took effect. Uh, Torrent Freak monitored U.S. BitTorrent downloads of last week's episode and of the one that aired Monday. And in markets served by Time Warner Cable, L.A., New York, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, and Pittsburgh, relatively more people downloaded the latest episode, as you might think. Now, Torrent Freak cautions, we should be careful about drawing conclusions from this data because it's unknown how many downloaders are Time Warner Cable subscribers anyway. But the data does show that the blackout resulted in a local piracy surge. Uh, meanwhile, though, ratings for Monday's episode of Under the Dome dropped a bit.
2: Uh, yeah, well, because the, all those major markets. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're watching it online from on, you know, from pirated sources rather than right. from official measurable sources. Yep. Now, the standoffs continued through this week. Torrent
1: Freak notes that as long as this continues, more TV fans are going to turn to alternative means of watching their favorite shows And might not return to viewing them on TV once service is restored. Monday's episode of Under the Dome is available for free on CBS's website, where the network streams many of its show. And CBS is one network that's resisted joining ABC, NBC, and Fox on Hulu. The 10 top pirated films. Oh. Number one. Okay.
2: Avatar. Really? Yeah, I made it thirty minutes into Avatar before I quit. <laughs> no, right, I liked th- Avatar, but I—I I don't know, it wasn't—it wasn't—it wasn't that good. Number two, Dark Knight. Oh yeah, okay, I can see that. No, number three,
1: Transformers. Yeah. Number four, Inception.
2: Ooh, I figured it f- must be in there. I was wondering why you we you were bringing it up. So. Number five, The Hangover. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Anyway, number six, Star Trek. <laughs> that was, did you see the Hangover? Uh, I, no. That I movie mean, is. I, I I know I I will not sound like a very progressive individual, but you know that was a pretty effing funny movie. The first one, the second one was awful, and I can't even imagine how bad the third one was. But the the first one, no, I I don't I can't remember laughing that hard in a long time. Well, then you probably. We'll like number
1: seven as well, but number six was Star Trek, which, you know, okay. when I say the original, I mean the original on the reboot, you know, the one. Right. Which, yeah. The, which, the, 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 most
2: recent one. Yeah. The J.J. Uh, one. That, that is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I like that a lot. Oh um, yeah. I'd probably give that five stars. You asked me. Okay. There right you earlier. go. All right. Number seven, Kick-Ass.
2: Oh, have you seen that movie? No. Oh, that's great. That movie is so good. It's, it's, right. it's, it's like, it is super funny. All right. Number eight, The Departed. Oh, okay, good flick. That's weird. Not, though.
1: I, I don't know. Nine, The Incredible Hulk. And Ooh, ten, which one? Uh, the Edward Norton one, probably. I uh, assume the first one. And then the Eric number th- one, you think? No, I,
2: it's it's, it's, it's got to be the, it's
1: got to be the Edward Norton one. All right, number ten, Pirates of the Caribbean: At World's End. Hmm. All right, all right. Now we mentioned about that's like the worst of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, movies, like uh, by far. Well, you know, if you listen to the last take five, what I think of Johnny Depp. So,
2: <laughs> uh, we'll but we are, we actually talked
1: about Johnny Depp. Actually. Yeah, I know we already yeah. about that. Right. Anyway, uh, we talked about how we're in a TV limbo, but it's going to come back fast limbo and furious. So, three. just real quickly, uh, ABC. We've got Once Upon a Time in uh, Wonderland, which is going to debut Thursday, October 10th. Now, the original Once Upon a Time is coming back September 29th. We've got revolution coming back September 25th. It, it seems like we were just watching it, so that's great that we don't have to wait very long.
2: Well, that's what happens when you take four months off in the middle of the season. Ah, then you good know it's a little less time. <laughs> good point. Well, you know what it is is probably it's like another four months, right? Because when did it end? It ended in in May, May, yeah. April, yeah. May, right? I think May. So so June, July, August. Yeah. So just another four months. Hey, hey we. We've already done this. I can do this standing on my head. Yep. Now for NBC, we also have Grimm
1: returning October 25th again on Fridays at nine. Now CBS, uh, I don't watch it, but I've I've read some good things about it. Elementary comes back September 26th uh, on Fox. Beauty and the Beast comes back October 7th. Arrow. Right. You mean CW? I mean CW. Uh, Arrow October 9th. Uh the tomorrow people which we've talked about it's a it's a new show it's actually a it's like the third reboot of a show that originated i believe in the sixties early seventies that comes out October 9th. vampire Diaries comes back October third the originals, which is a spin off of right. vampire yeah. Diaries October fifteenth and da 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 supernatural yes. October eighth at nine o'clock
2: awesome a, can't wait. I have to go back and watch season eight again because I realize I've like, there's a last, yeah that's the one thing about like juggling like a zillion shows at once. Like you tend to forget a lot of stuff that happens in them. you like just caught me off guard with a question about Naomi last time. I'm like, "Um... (laughs) that's that's why God invented rewatch. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: all right, well, that's the news for this week. And Wayne talked me into, and I'm glad he did sitting down and watching and this was my second attempt at inception and i got to say it was pretty freaking awesome
2: yeah i mean just visually alone it is one of the most stunning movies i've ever seen i mean just like the 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 use of especially computer generated imagery in this movie just blows me away and I had just hooked up a new surround sound system, and wow! (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my old—I had surround sound before, but it was like kind of crappy and old. And I got a new one, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I was like, I was like, I had to—I kept like having to turn it. Some of the scenes, I had to turn the volume down so low because it was just like, you know, rocking the house, and everyone was asleep upstairs and everything. So, (laughs) well, you know, just a, a little bit of background. Uh,
1: you know, it was one of the most anticipated movies of 2010 and writer, director, Christopher Nolan, who I know, you know, uh, from dark Knight.
2: Sure. Actually, Christopher Nolan and I go way back to a little movie. Did you ever see memento? I did. Yes, absolutely. He did memento. Um, so, and also dark Knight rises. Yeah. Well, well, all three, all three, the, the dark Knight movies and, uh, Another great movie that it's kind of very 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 underrated, but it's an incredible movie called The Prestige. You ever see The Prestige?
1: Uh, you know what? It's one of those ones I started, and I don't think it was
2: that I didn't like it, just for whatever reason, I never finished it. Yeah, it's 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 complex, but like as all his he he's great at doing bendy movies, you know, movies that just like kind of twist your mind, um, like Memento, for example. What
1: what I found interesting, I think Memento might have been like 2002, something like that. And it's it's far enough back that I have the VHS of it. Okay. (laughs) But I I read some things in in preparing for tonight's podcast where he said that he'd been working on, you know, the screenplay for Inception, you know, for a long time, was working on it at that point, but he felt he needed to get more big budget films under his belt before tackling Inception because it is such a huge movie.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I actually, I think I saw the, the same thing that he actually took on the Batman movies so he could get some experience so he could make Inception. Yep. And I just like, I, I, I mean, that, that blew my mind. <laughs> I saw him like, oh my God. The thing that's just like, yeah, I figured I need some big budget, big movie experience. So I I, I did the Batman movies. Yeah. Know.
1: Uh, so big budget, it was $160 million budget for Inception, and it's brought in $825 million at the box office. So they made a tidy little profit. I don't yeah. think Mr. Nolan's going to have problems getting his next job.
2: No, well, uh, but, and, and his next job is, uh, you know, it's a Killian, I know Killian Murphy's, in, I, you know, I should have looked it up. That's what, I'm going to look it up. Okay. I know Killian Murphy, when we are talking about 20 days later, um, he's going to be in the you know, the next Christopher uh, Nolan movie. Well, the other thing is, you know, we've talked about you know, certainly Joss Whedon. It seems like
1: every project has this, you know, certain actors that he likes to work with. And, and boy, in, in looking at the people in this movie and looking at movies they've been in before Inception and, and after Inception, you know, he seems
2: to hire the same people over and over, which is, Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that that's awesome because uh, yeah, he does definitely like very much like Joss Whedon has a stable of actors that he likes to work with and uh, and and they're just awesome. You know. Yep. Um, um, now, like, what I like did. Ken, re- like, you know, all all the people, pretty pretty much everyone in Inception uh, was in one you know one of the Batman movies. Right. You know? Right. Now, uh,
1: one of the first questions that I considered after what, you know finishing the movie is there going to be a sequel and from what i was able to find out that apparently in the contracts of the major actors it's in there so that they've all signed on to do a sequel but really? it's you know and i think he's willing to do it but at this point it's you know i don't think there's a screenplay or so Never say never, but right.
2: uh, well, and you know, I I, I think it, it might even be kind of a disservice, maybe to, yeah, you know, I, like, I know what you mean. Like you know, so much of you know the 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 prestige of of this movie, the or the mystery, I guess, of this movie is that very ambiguous ending. Well, I'm I'm sure we'll talk about, it, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like so if if you have a you know a sequel then you're going to answer that you're going to take away the ambiguity from the from the ending so right now you know to a certain
1: extent like you mentioned memento and and I did see that and and if you know any of the listeners haven't seen it it's definitely a movie you want to see but it, but even that movie deals with memory you know cuz you got mm-hmm. this guy that's suffering from a memory loss and he's using the tattoos and just these kind of random notes to try to figure out who killed his wife
2: right and right well he's got he's got no uh long-term memory so he has to like things that are important that he has to remember he has to tattoo onto his own body and everything right does he he tattoo him like so he sees him in the mirror right does he tattoo him like it's been a while since i've seen it's been a while yeah i
1: probably saw it when it came out and you said you've got it on vhs yeah you
2: still have a VHS player that works? Uh, I I wouldn't know because I have I do have one, I just haven't used it in in uh, quite a long time. So now the other thing that I Memento can't take... was two thousand, so thirteen years ago.
1: Oh, Okay. Now I can't take credit for you know recognizing this as I was watching it, but you know as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, of course. That you know the structure of the film. It, it I mean at, at the heart of it, it's the prototypical heist film. I mean, certainly not unlike a movie like Ocean's 11.
2: Right. No, absolutely. Very, very much uh, has a lot of the conventions of the the heist film.
1: Right. And, you know, one of the, you know, I mentioned to you, uh, you know, as we were getting ready to go on the air that I would probably give it four stars out of five because I felt like, A, it was too long. It didn't need to be two and a half hours and that there were some scenes that I thought just kind of dragged on longer than they needed to. But- you know, the first part, I mean, I, it was really close to an hour where in a heist film, what you're basically doing is establishing what the crime is going to be. You know, what is it we're going to steal? Now, obviously, in this case, it's it's what they're going to implant rather than steal. Um, assembling the team and putting together some sort of a plan. You know, and then the second part is they actually carry out the heist and then the third part's usually the repercussions or the aftermath, and right. uh, typically things go awry. So you know this doesn't follow
2: that pattern to a T, but certainly it, there are enough. It, it, I think it pretty much does, though. I I, I agree that you it, it, it just think about because you know they they assemble the team, they create the plan, um, they practice. Oh yeah, well all that pulling point, yeah. off, you know. Um, and there's you know, even with like the uh, you know, she has like the models of the the mazes that she uh, Ari- Ariadne has the models just like you know, you see in every heist film you have like the model of the the building they're gonna hit or the bank or whatever and and uh, or like the floor plans of whatever they're doing um, you know then they they pull it off and then you know then the, there's the 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 escape is you know like the third part of, of the, right uh, and then we'll talk about whether you know. is it,
1: what exactly do they accomplish? Are they successful? We'll, you know, we'll get to that. Right. Um, you know, so the opening scene, and and again, obviously, if you haven't seen this movie, um, stop listening now and go watch it, or keep listening and.
2: But no, do you know, not absolutely. I forbid you to listen. If you have not seen Inception yet, stop right now. Go rent it, watch it, download it, whatever you got to do. Make yeah. it yours. Watch it. Do not proceed any further i forbid you in fact i might stop talking and let all right are you done turn off turn off turn off the ipod turn off now okay there you go all right they Uh, they finally uh, did we're good
1: main character is played by leonardo dicaprio and you know is that who that was yeah (laughs) (laughs) to be honest Um He's one of those actors that ordinarily I wouldn't like
2: on. Um, I was about to say, I'm just waiting for it. But just, I do like him. I'm just like waiting him. for the griping about Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you know, and, and
1: I'll tell you right now that Titanic was one of those movies that I made fun of for years, and I made fun of anybody that admitted to having seen it. Now, this was all the while that I hadn't seen it, so. Right. And then once I saw it, it's like, all right, this is a pretty good movie. It's actually I mean, a pretty you know, good movie, yeah. Yeah, for what it is. Um, but no, I, I really do like him. Uh, there was a movie he was in, The Beach, which wasn't the greatest movie, but it was so kind of odd and quirky and, and
2: kind of dirty. And, and, yeah, that's and, like, this is, didn't you mention it, did you mention the last podcast? The I beach? think I did, yeah. So How you, the hell does The Beach make it into two podcasts in a row? I know.
1: <laughs> uh, and then the one where he, uh, you know, the guy's name was Frank something,
2: Arbogast or something where he... Oh yeah. Catch me if you can. Oh, that's a fantastic. Yeah. So, so I really like him and he's good. And, and, you know, Gangs of New York, he was good. Yeah. Departed. He was great. Uh, uh, Shutter Island. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just, I remember, um, when he made Romeo and Juliet way back when, um, John Leguizamo who played, uh, Tybalt, I believe in that movie, was he was like he's like I'm just so annoyed at how natural it seemed for him, and that's like the great thing about Leonardo. It's it's like really really good actors, like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. It looks like they're not even working. Yeah, you know, it looks like they just kind of show up and they're just bam, there's somebody else. You know, it yep. just. Uh... Well, so you know, so the opening fifteen minutes,
1: we we pretty much get established that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Cobb uh I forget what his first name is Dominic Dominic right and Arthur played by Joseph Gordon Levitt who's another one that
2: ordinarily I wouldn't like him but I do
1: yeah um, well you know it, it's
2: so funny because when I was w- saw Inception the first time I'm like god that guy looks so familiar and then uh there was one of the interns at work was like Oh yeah, that's he was the, the little kid in Third Rock from the Sun. I'm like, What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, But yeah, he's he's really good. He's got my vote for being the next Batman. I hope he, oh. he becomes the next Batman.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, I was kind of lukewarm on Looper. I mean, I'd probably give it like three stars, three and a half stars, but he was really good in that.
2: Yeah. Um
1: yeah. but anyway, well, so I it's... think I
2: think pretty much the rest of the world disagrees with you about Looper. Oh. So I, I don't mind you going and trashing it. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, uh, the so the first part of the film kind of
1: um, you know establishes you know that that Cobb, uh, Arthur and uh, is it Sato or si- Sato Sato I, I, I think
2: in the like uh, that's one thing I noticed uh, watching it last night is I think that they uh, like they say Sato I think at first and then it also becomes Sato somewhere in the middle uh, at first I, I thought it was Eames just mispronouncing it because they kind of make a point of he's like not necessarily. Like, the book smartest type, smartest tool in the shed, even though Eames is brilliant at, at what he does, you know. Right. Um, but then, like, the others call him Sato, so okay. we'll go with that. But, you know, so... so he, we, he was in the first Batman movie, too. He was awesome in the first Batman movie. Who? Uh, Ken, uh, who did the last name, the actor. Oh, oh Watanabe. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so anyway, we established that Arthur, Cobb, and Sato... Uh, are going to be involved. And in what they, you know, what uh, Sato, who's the client, wants them to do is enter somebody else's dream state. And we f- think at first to extract information, but then we learn pretty quickly that no, no, he wants to plant information. And we learn early on
2: what inception is, right? Um, well, th- we, we learn about it when they get into the, the, the helicopter with, uh, with Sato. So, um, and yeah, you're right. It is very early in the,
1: uh, in the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, within the first 20 minutes or so. Sure. Yeah.
2: After the first, the the opening sequence where they're in Sado's dream and everything. Right. So, so basically these guys are selling
1: themselves, uh, as being able to train an individual to put up a, I guess like a, a firewall in their dream state so that if somebody comes in, to their dream to try to extract information, they'll know how to fight it off. Right? right? Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So, you know, right away, it's one of those movies that, see, I can't imagine seeing this in the theater. Oh, yeah? Because, because I think I would just be there like WTFing the whole
2: time. Right. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, like... There's a lot of – and and also, I mean, that's one thing about like with the surround sound is the the only thing that annoys me about this movie is when I watch it at home, I am constantly having to turn the volume up and down and up and down and up and down because there's some parts that the dialogue is so soft you have to turn it up to hear what they're saying. And then there's like the the scene where um, Ariadne and, and Dominic are – when he's introducing her to – I mean, he tells her you're in a dream and like the whole – everything blows up there's this huge explosion because you know it's because of her like freaking out right? right um so it goes between this very soft dialogue to these loud explosions and gunfire and everything so it's a very frustrating movie to, you have to be on your toes to, to watch it uh when uh, the rest of the family's asleep upstairs yeah i i've been watching just about everything these days with headphones anyway so uh
1: but but absolutely it was still up and down like you said all right so so we learned that that Inception is basically technology or techniques or both to implant an idea in somebody's mind and
2: make them think that it's their idea. Right. And actually I'm gonna step in here with a we're not having a project X per se, but I wanted to see like, you know, is that is that really possible? And I, I found an article in psychology today where a guy said, Well, it is possible, kind of to like plant an idea in a person's mind and it's called with this uh this phenomenon called rebounding um where and it's and Arthur talks about it in the movie actually he says okay if i say don't think about a white elephant what are you thinking about he says or don't uh, don't think about elephants what are you thinking about elephants so it's kind of like that's the idea of rebounding you tell someone not to think about something and it's like that's basically they think about actually more ironically enough um so apparently there was a study done where uh, you know, earlier in, in the day, they said, think about someone from your past, like someone who's like a, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or something like that. Okay, you think about. It. And then like about five minutes before these people went to bed, some of them they said, think about that person again. Some of them, they said, Don't think about that person again. And it was like all the people that they said, don't think about that person again, they actually dreamed about the person who they were forbidden to think about. So, you know, it's again, it's just this idea of rebounding. So it's, it is, it, it is in a way, um, you know, planting an idea and a concept into someone's mind, though, if they said, don't think about uh, disassembling your father's uh, company and uh, impoverishing yourself. Um, I don't know. They might dream about it, but I don't think they're going to wake up in the morning thinking, you know what, I think I'm just going to dismantle my father's empire.
1: Right. Well, the scary part is that, if they are actually working on this sort of thing, you know who's going to end up with it eventually. Yes, the communists. Well, yeah, the military. <laughs> right, the military. Well, and that, that's what
2: they say, actually. They, they, and I, I caught, this is like the first, I can't believe it, as many times I've seen this, it's the first time I caught it. Uh, when they um, start talking about the shared dream, I think Arthur, it's either Arthur Dominick says that it was originally a military project for soldiers to practice uh, killing each other without killing each other.
1: All right. Um, Now, there there was another movie, I think it came out in 1984, called Dreamscape. And I believe it was, it might have been Natalie Wood's last movie before she died, Mm -hmm. and Dennis Quaid. And it was, you know, similar in that they wanted to implant the idea, and, and the person was then going to go out and carry out an assassination.
2: Right. So
1: you know similar but there sure. haven't been- it's
2: also the uh, with the manchurian candidate as well it's all kind of like the same thing but i think the, the the thing is like we we know so little about dreams like there's like no one really has an idea what dreams are for and there's like some people who say the dreams are are like just what's called epiphenomena that they are just they don't mean anything it's just it's just a byproduct of rem sleep which is something that the brain needs um, dreams are just a byproduct; they don't mean anything. So, but then there's ov- obviously loads of people who think that does mean something. Uh, Freud and Jung, uh, obviously, dreams are very important to their uh, psychological theories. So, I mean, we just don't we just don't know we just don't know what what they mean, what they signify, what what they're for. Um, you know, a lot of people think that's an evolutionary thing that it was uh, a way of dealing with danger when when, you know, as when back as cavemen when when there was danger all around, the the individuals that could play out the dangerous scenarios beforehand in their dreams were more prepared for them when they actually happened and were more likely to survive and, and move on. So I mean there's all kinds of theories, but you know, like no one knows, right? Yeah, right. So all right. So anything else on that? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well,
1: Sorry. Well, that's it. Uh, oh no no. Uh, so so then you know we we're, we're Basically, given what the exact, you know, heist, so to speak, is going to be, and that that the uh, Sato wants them to implant the idea in the son of an old man, and you you just mentioned this, to break up his inherited business empire, and we learn it's it's purely business and to a certain extent well it's- but it's
2: it's not because he 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 said that if we he doesn't break up the empire then they are going to monopoly they're going to have a monopoly they're going to be like a new world power so he see you know he says the world needs for robert francis to to break up his father's company so it's it's not just a or at least you know again um say there seems like a straight up guy but he could be lying
1: you know it, well exactly and that's what i was going to say that that The interesting thing about these heist movies is that, you know, you immediately, as uh, the viewer, you bond with the criminals. Right. Right. And, you know, again, this is this guy's business. If he wants to monopolize it, you know, it's like, to me, it's up to everybody else to, you know, figure out some way to combat that within the
2: legal sphere. Well, and – it, was, it says that that uh you know we are their only competition and we can't afford to keep up. Right. So well, maybe they need to find a new business. But regardless, <laughs> um so I think, that's, I'm to realize we have fundamentally different views of the world. You and I, Dave. Y- yes, <laughs> and,
1: and, and we fortunately managed to keep politics out of this. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, the next phase, they start going through the plan, and, and here's maybe you know since you've seen it several times, you can kind of. uh. They bring on board Ariadne, played by Ellen
2: Page right who was and- in x men the last stand was she really yeah oh, she okay. was the the girl who could uh i think Kitty was her name she could uh, go through the walls oh
1: see i don't think I saw that movie yeah or- it's
2: it's it's definitely the the second worst of the x men movies okay I well, mean the maybe- only thing i 've only Maybe thing worse. I've seen her in is
1: that stupid movie where she gets pregnant as a teenager. Or- oh, Juno!
2: Right? Was she- yeah. yeah, that's right.
1: She was Juno. That's right. Yeah. But uh, okay, so so they bring her on board because they need an architect, right? Somebody to right. Cre- create, you know, the the floor plans, the city plans. So how is she doing that? She
2: she she. That's the models, right?
1: Okay, but she I mean, does she it. do it?
2: But does she do it on a computer or? no i what she does is she she creates it and then she shows it to the person whose dream they're entering each time they go down a, like for example the first stage they're in Yusef's dream right and he has to stay behind for the kick while everyone else goes on to the next level on the next level down then they're in arthur's dream and then they go the next level down. They're in Eames's dream in, in the lowest level. So they go into someone's dream, and the person who's doing the dreaming has – they know the maze because uh, Ariadne has taught them the maze. Okay.
1: And, and probably now we should just stop for a second because what we've got – and you you mentioned this a few minutes ago in passing – is we've got shared dreaming.
2: So, right. that, so that they're all hooked up together somehow. Yeah, again, it's they, a lot of this stuff, which is kind of what I love about it, is they don't really go into like, they don't really explain it. They'll just like, "What what is the physics of it? Well, don't worry about it. It's just right. a machine and you hook everyone up to it and they all join the dream. Okay. Right. Just and go ahead and enjoy the movie. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. You know,
1: that's fine. Um, I was just wondering, you know, once that, you know, you don't really see her in front of a computer, but right. yeah, I don't, I don't know. So no, I but- think, I
2: think she just, she, she builds the actual model of the maze and then she teaches it to the person who's going to dream that level. And so they like, and Dominic even says this, like you, you build this, you build it, the dream and you build the maze and put it in someone else's consciousness. Okay. And then, so, and then people, other people populate that dream. They bring their own stuff into the dream. Like okay. for Dominic, he brings Maul with him wherever he goes. Right, and I'm complaining that the movie was too long already, so if we'd... Right, exactly. Exactly. Like, had they... Right. It would have frustrated everyone if they'd gone into more detail because no one would have understood it, and it would have just been dragging on, you know. And there are parts that are a little slow. I, I agree with you as as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, But once but... the
2: action kicks in, it kicks in hardcore.
1: Right. But what they then... And, and, and we mentioned... Um... Yusuf, who is the chemist, right? He He's able to put together a concoction that basically will allow these people to dream. And what he is brought on board to do is to, to allow the
2: person to dream within a dream.
1: Right. Right. right? And, and, yeah, and
2: make them, keep them out, you know, put them under deeply enough that they can go down, not just one, but two stages. And in true do sex machina fashion, it doesn't, Affect the I always like that's like always like when he says that like oh, that's a big part of that it doesn't affect the inner ear so like they can still get the kick right if they if you're unbalanced you'll still receive the kick and you'll come out of the dream right and it's and just the, like really
1: and the, and the kick kind of refers to I mean would you say again this is accurate that one of the questions that that you know we 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 have when we talk about dreams is that you know if you're falling in a dream and you don't wake up will you die right and the question right. you know things like that and that. You know, like in this, that uh, you know, while they're in the dream state, while they're in the dream, uh, you know, how do they come out of it? Shoot
2: them, right, right. Which they do right at first. That kind of almost shocking scene, in, you know, in the beginning of the movie where uh, you know Dominic uh, you know grabs a gun and and shoots Arthur right between the eyes. You're like, what? Right. But I mean, they are at that point. They'd already established that that's the way you leave the dream. So it's it's not it's it's not quite as shocking as if we thought he were really killing him, but it's still quite shocking. Right. Now
1: uh, we kind of have an A story and a B story here, you know, because the A story is certainly the heist, but then you got the B story that revolves around Cobb and his wife who keeps showing up in these dreams. And we learn, you know, after a, a while that she's dead and that there are some mysterious circumstances. And then his two children keep showing up James and, that, and, Philippa. and we learned that uh he wants to be able to go home and you know you start thinking well is this like some sort of metaphor uh no he literally wants to go home <laughs> right and and we're wondering you know why are all these people chasing him why can't he go home and and i guess you'll learn and i missed this the the first time you know i went i was able to go back and watch some of it a second time is that apparently these guys are after him
2: because he failed. Right, the- yeah, they established that Kobol uh, Engineering was the people that they were supposed to extract from Sato. They're, pro- right. they, they're, they're working for Kobol Engineering to extract stuff from Sato, and um, and, and they didn't because Sato you know, figured out that he was still in the dream uh, there. And so, so, yeah, which again then ties into... You know, a lot of the stuff we learn, like, is Dominic really coming back to reality at the end of the movie? Because a lot of this stuff, like Cobalt Engineering, it's it's like, kind of, is this like his subconscious that's that's chasing him? Um, or someone else's subconscious, whatever, that's chasing him? Because he's still stuck in the dream. Like, that Maul was right. Right. Well, and, and again, one of the things I really
1: do like about the movie you know and we talk about this like with continuum is you're still not sure which scenes are real and which are dreamlike you know i'm assuming early in the movie uh when he's being chased down the streets and he goes through that one you know he goes between the buildings and yeah. it gets narrower and
2: narrower i mean you know, we're assuming that's reality it, well yeah it's it's supposed to be that is dominic's reality for sure but on the other hand though like as you said there's so many like, phantasmagorical aspects to it that, you know, that, that, again, lends credence to if you are a person who believes that he's, at this point, what his reality is, what he perceives as actual reality is simply another level of dream that he refuses to leave because he thinks that that's reality. Then things like that, like the the weird narrowing of the wall that he manages to squeeze through, it just kind of reinforces that. Yeah, and he's almost like a drug addict,
1: Or, or, Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, or, or rather a drug dealer who's addicted to the drugs that he's selling and that, you know, but you understand because that's his only connection to his wife who's dead. And it's really his only connection to his children who he can't see because he's not allowed to go back to the States because we find out that he's wanted in
2: connection with his wife's death. Right. Yeah. She did a number on him with that. Like, that's like, why? And that's another thing. Like why on earth would she write a note saying that she thinks he, like that, that he, well, I guess, I guess why she did is to convince him he has no choice, but to commit suicide with her. And what she believes is leaving this final stage of dream to finally wake up in actual reality. Right. Um, Well, and and that was one of the, my favorite
1: scenes in the movie in that, you know, we you know, we see his wife all along. Uh, you know, in his. Who, dreams. by the way, the the actress?
0: Uh,
1: hold on, I had I
2: think it's her name's Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, yes, she was in uh, the last. Uh, she was she had a big part in the last um, Batman. Uh, Batman movie. Yeah, everybody in this movie was in Batman. Yeah. I think. Uh,
1: that's what I said, we find out that, and, and again, he implanted an idea in her head as an experiment or to help her deal with something. Now, I was a little fuzzy well, on that. Well,
2: cuz what happened is they had kept together they were experimenting and they found themselves down in limbo, right? Right. And, and and as it turns out they end up they were down there for 50 years. Right. They grew they literally grew old together right. as they
1: constructed this environment down there. So okay. they basically built
2: an environment while they were there. Right, absolutely. And so uh Dominic then real you know he's like okay it's been long enough we have to get back to reality but she for her that is her reality and she's unwilling to leave the limbo and so he has to convince her that the way to do it is to kill yourself when they put their heads down on the train track and so when she comes out from limbo um and she's in reality uh, what well, what Dominic thinks is reality. What she believes is not. She believes they're still dreaming that there's like another level yet to go. And they have to kill themselves one more time in order to get back to true reality. Right. But when she's on the ledge, yes, that's reality. I mean, she doesn't think it is. She doesn't think it is Dominic. Well, that, but that's the big question. Right. Is it left really? by the spinning top at the end? It has Dominic, you know, now is this Reality, reality, or is it just the last dream phase that he that he believes is his reality? Yeah, yeah, Um,
1: and and part of his it's twisty
2: and bendy. Well, it is, and
1: and he has to choose. And I think this is the problem that he faces in his profession, in that you know he's so caught up and you know interwoven in this you know story with his wife and his children. It's almost as if he has to choose which reality he wants to live in
2: right absolutely you know? and and actually i I read an interview with Christopher Nolan where you know obviously the movie comes out, and people say to him, Well, what's the deal at the end? Has he gotten back to the real world? Is that the real world, or is he is it is he still in the dream and Christopher Nolan said, Well, the important thing is that he wants to be there
0: okay. that's that
2: he is He's happy and he's where he wants to be. He's with his children and he's back in the States. So, so, and, and, and that's kind of reinforced by the old man in Yusef's little, it looks like a drug den kind of as people, it's a dream den. Right. And, uh, how cool was that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was just wild. And, um, you know, and, and they say like, well, you know, how, when does the, does the dream become the reality? And, and the guy says something like I can't remember the exact line, but like who's to say it's not, right? Like just because if, if the dream becomes a reality, why 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 are you getting bent about that? Yeah. You know? Right. Why do you know they, I assume, you know, the authorities,
1: um again, well of course then that that gets kind of murky as well. I was gonna say,
2: why do they think he killed his wife? Right. Well, because uh she had herself Declared sane by five different psychologists Oh and she left that's right And she left like a note saying that he was threatening her And trying to kill her but yeah but still Like you you watch it like he's completely On the other side of the street Like how on earth could he have managed You know that like Clearly you know he would just Like go back in the room Where he walked out the window and say hey Um my wife was Across the street and she jumped off a building Totally wasn't me because I was on This building you know, yeah, but, um, you know, visually this is a stunning film. Yeah. Uh, oh, that scene where the, the street, you know, Oh, it kind of bends Yeah, at and, a 90 and, degree angle. And, and then... it's on like the ceiling. It's like, you know, it's like those times, like you probably must've done this when you were a kid and you just kind of like, uh, lie on the bed and hang your head upside down over the bed. And you, you, after a while, the ceiling looks like the floor and the floor, like the ceiling. And it's just like really kind of trip. You ever done that? I uh, did that in college a couple of times. Okay. But, uh, but a, a, diff- uh, a
1: different way. Right.
2: So, uh, so you know, just, it's, it's stuff like that where, you know, like this, the reality is basically turned upside down.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned – and that scene was, again, you know, visually. Uh, the two scenes, I guess, that I, I, I guess I thought just went on a little bit too long for my taste – you know the I don't even know how how to describe them but you'll know what I mean the anti-gravity scenes you know as they Oh
2: yeah yeah the the, the fight scene with uh, yeah. with Arthur Yeah the... I mean okay I get it but
1: it, it was too long for me um but the oh. other one was the the scene in the snow Yeah that yeah. again visually um I I'm really partial to the whole uh, snow, war, you know, the, the the soldiers wearing the white outfits mm-hmm. and the white guns, and uh, I just really liked the look of it. And it was a good fight scene, but again, I just felt it went on a little too long. Well, and it's,
2: it's confusing, too, because you have so many people, and you, you're like, who's where and what? And, you know, like, I just, as many times as I've seen this movie, I still just kind of like, that whole fight scene, I just kind of check out for it. I mean, again, it's a very exciting scene, it's great, but, like, who's doing what at what time is, is just confusing. I'm just like, forget it. Yeah. Eventually Eames ends up back at the hospital with Robert, and that's the important part. Well, I mean, but- you know, okay,
1: so so what's the whole point of the film? I mean, uh, on one level, a lot of sci-fi is a cautionary tale. And you were kind of alluding to this in, in uh, you know, your Project X uh, notes there, that, you know, there are experiments – to do this sort of thing. And that generally what happens is anytime this sort of thing goes forward, the military ends up with it.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say, and, and you know, is part of what Christopher Nolan's trying to get us to think about is that you have to be careful. This would be a game
2: changer if it becomes viable. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it if it were viable in the first place, as as you said, yeah, absolutely. But you think about like how often do people like have a dream and they wake up and that like really affects their life, like how they live their life. You know, like how many people make major decisions, besides like you know, obviously Joseph in the Bible made some pretty big decisions based on dreams, but most time your dream you can you can't remember it when you wake up, let alone you know act upon it.
1: Right, so um, uh, you know it, it's funny because I go through periods where I I definitely remember my dream. Uh, in fact, I generally wake up from the dream and will immediately go downstairs and well, not always, depending on what my dream was when I woke up. Tell my wife, um, but you can usually explain away what it was you were dreaming. Sure, so. You know whether it's the you know the the classic you know some form of the classic you know walking down the hall at work or at school uh, with no clothes on, <laughs> you know where you know it's yeah. the classic you feel unprepared for what you've got right. to face that day. Right.
2: Yeah, um, I always just have feel like unprepared, like just completely yeah, you know, like like I show up and I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, it's so. like it's not I don't, I don't I just go for straight literal level. Dreams, you know? yeah, yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think like Christopher Nolan in in Memento, in Prestige, I think in Insomnia too. I saw that movie as well, but I can't really remember it very well. Um, but he he deals with this recurring theme of what is real and what is not, and even to a degree, the the ba- all the Batman movies uh, deal with this same thing as far as there being this inability to kind of distinguish between. Uh, fantasy and reality, or or what is true and what is false, or dreams and and reality, whatever, that there's the very blurry lines, and it's you're always kind of uncertain, and uh, so I mean that's why the ending of the movie is perfect because he spins his token, and actually no, you know what I remember Christopher Nolan say the important part about whether the the, to- whether the token whether it is will continue spinning or not. Its not important the important thing is that Dominic doesn't care right you know, he walks away from it and he learns to he accepts where he is right so and, now and, i I always think that that there's a little wobble to that well I think there's definitely a wobble
1: it's just that you know it starts wobbling almost from the start but it holds steady you know yeah and, and I mean to me you know I my interpretation is that he's still in some
2: sort of a dream state. But to me, that's the beauty of the ending. Right. Right. And yeah. And and that's why I I think, you know, I, I mean, on the one hand, I would, I would love a sequel because, you know, inception is it's that movie. Like if I come home and I'm like, you know, it's like, you know, nine o'clock at night. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of up for a movie. I've only got a zillion DVDs, but somehow Inception is the one I keep putting in. You know, yeah, like I just watch it over and over and over again. You know, just so on, many layers to
1: it. On the one hand, and I don't know how to say this without it's all right coming I across can take as it. no, 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 no. It would link us together here, uh, no. coming across as condescending. But on a lot of levels, I'm surprised that this film did so well because it's such a cerebral film and it requires really such thought. Thinking, I mean, it really, right. it, it really does require work to understand it. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, absolutely. and generally
2: people don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. It's in, in this country, at least. Yeah. It seems like for the other, now, not, not the people who'd be listening to this. Obviously, no, No. Well, that's, you know, sci-fi. If, if you don't like thinking you would have checked out of this podcast ages ago. Yes. Um. Somehow I'm still doing it. I don't know. But yeah, you're absolutely. I agree I, that, you know, but first of all, it's got pretty heavy star power there with Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, I mean, well, it just does. his, his presence in the movies is going to, go a long way and they really um you know they really publicized the crap out of this movie too uh before it it uh came and and also the batman movies like knowing that the you know the director of batman like oh well okay i'm gonna go leonardo dicaprio director of batman totally gonna see that movie so yeah but i i agree 100 percent with what you said there that, that it's unusual that it did so well all right so anything else Oh, geez. I mean, honestly, I could talk about Inception for about a zillion years, but I think we we talked about like the... the oh, the one thing I did want to mention is because they go down the limbo, right? Okay. And so, again, Inception doesn't really take a stance as to what dreams mean, right? It, Correct. It seems like just dreams and Inception just occur. Again, they are uh, epiphenomenon. They just occur. There's no larger significance or mean to them. It's just it's just the subconscious at work, right? Right. Um, and oh, go ahead. No, I was just going
1: to say, and the, and the whole focus for the characters in the movie seems to be to basically exploit
2: people's dreams. Right, exactly. Like Here's this phenomenon that happens, and the way he describes it, too. Like, what he draws the picture for Ariadne is how we create and interpret at the same time. Um, you know, it's, it's just the same thing. It's just a phenomenon that happens. There's no, there's no deeper meaning to it. It's just something that happens and we can exploit that, right? Yeah, but that limbo seems to be something else. Like, you know, uh, Jung believed in this collective unconscious, right? That there was like this deeper level of consciousness that contained what he said. There's like just some kind of genetic stuff that, that our unconscious has similarities no matter who you are, or where you were born or what language you speak, that there are some certain elements, these archetypes that are are common all around. And he said that this is something inborn, it's genetic, it's not something learned. We understand the sun, water, earth innately, like in our DNA, even though he didn't know about DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I see the limbo that like that, that lowest level, I always think, I wonder if they're trying to get at this being kind of like the Youngs' collective unconsciousness or anything. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I mean that would make sense, right? And uh, but also with Limbo, I said, okay, we can actually make a Lost Girl tie-in here, because if you remember, uh, in uh, original Skin episode, which is I think season two, episode nine, um, you know, Bo ends up in Limbo with the Nain Rouge. Oh. Well think, played. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know why? Because I, I look, looked up Limbo, and I was reading about it. I'm like, wait, hey, we talked about this on the podcast. I totally remember talking about this, like the lim, uh, Limbo of the Patriarchs and Limbo of the Innocents and everything. Well, I'm not going to go to it again. I go back to the, our discussion of Original Skin uh, to hear my discussion in Project X of Limbo. But, uh, but yeah, it was just I, when I you know, started looking at Limbo, I was like, whoa, okay, I remember talking about this, so. Yeah. So so we can actually talk about Lost Girl a little bit. So we can justify, like, you know, that we are still a kind of Lost Girl podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, I think All that's right.
1: it. All right. Well, we uh, still haven't figured out. Well, actually, we've been thrown around some ideas about what we're going to do next. And, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about, and we probably will uh, once September rolls around, is start looking at some of the pilot episodes of some of the new shows and you know, maybe what we'll do is we'll look at the uh, season premiere episodes of some of the shows that we watch. Uh, but you know, we'll figure it out and let you know, but right. in the end room, you can drop us a line at fatalist at gmail.com. Check out the website fatalist.podbean.com and you can leave us a voicemail. Just click the green tab at the right side of the page. Uh, We're on Facebook, and uh, I've been tweeting a lot more lately. And as I mentioned last time, trying to put some links on the website that make it, you know, worth your while to actually go to the website and, you know, put a link in for episode one of Dark Shadows on there. And as most of our listeners are likely doing, continue to access us through iTunes. So until next time. I got
2: nothing.
0: Not too bad.